Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked on NBA. On today's show, LeBron James is headed to Los Angeles. We'll talk about what this means for the league and if he can build a team to beat the Warriors. And what does this mean for Kawhi Leonard? We'll talk about that and then look at some of the best free agents left on the market. It's Locked on NBA. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. Are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA from the step back. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romello, credentialed NBA writer who's covered the league at large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRomel13. LeBron's agency, Clutch Sports, on Sunday announced that he will sign with Los Angeles on a four-year, $154 million deal. If you're listening to this, you already know that. Um, But this makes LeBron a Laker. Shortly after, the Lakers started filling out its roster with free agents. We'll talk about all of that later because LeBron is headed west. Is this a good basketball fit, David? Because as they are currently constructed... It looks like they are starting to fill this roster out with a bunch of one-year contracts and stuff like that. I mean, LeBron didn't wait for, or I mean, I suppose he waited for Paul George's decision. Didn't wait for Kawhi Leonard to get traded or not get traded. Didn't need necessarily another superstar to go to L.A. He just, he went to L.A. He's in Los Angeles. Let's talk about what that fit looks like in his first year. It's a... It's an unusual one, let's say. It's not the the most obvious one the way it was in Miami in 2010 or even in Cleveland 2014. This is certainly a much more long-term goal, I think, for for LeBron. Maybe one that doesn't necessarily have to do with basketball. I, I just don't see that a title is a realistic hope for the Lakers this year unless they're able to add at least another superstar quality type player. Uh, I just don't know, even if, if they were able somehow to add a Kawhi Leonard who's been rumored there, a DeMarcus Cousins or somebody along those lines, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, you wrote a fantastic piece uh, a couple of years ago when Kyle Korver first joined the Cavaliers, and you wrote about, from that perspective, how difficult it is to learn your place in a LeBron-led team. And I think that's been the case since he joined Miami in 2010. You, you saw that up close. How, you know, even superstar type players have a, a period of adjustment that they need to make. It's difficult to play alongside a guy like LeBron James. He expects a lot out of you. He expects things in just the certain way. And, and you you know, a lot of players can't make that adjustment. It's not for everybody. But once you do figure out your role, if you're able to accept it, there's a good chance that you're going to learn and thrive there. And that's going to take some time for a young, unproven surrounding cast. And I think that's going to be the case right away. They're not going to win a, a huge number of games. They're going to win more than they did last year, but that's not saying much. It's going to take some time for guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Brandon Ingram, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball, and well, others. Wait, how many games do you think they will win if this is the, if this is the team? Because they've also they signed also the Western Caldwell-Pope back. They've yeah. got Lance Stevenson on a one-year deal. JaVale McGee on a one-year minimum. Could bring back Julius Randle here potentially as a time of uh, of us recording this. Um, we still not, we're not we're not sure of what Randle's going to do yet. But so, what do you think? Because I read a I read a piece on ESPN by Kevin Pelton. and he said their um, their their stats have them projected as a fifty two win team. No way. Um, but that's like I think you said there. This is the Western Conference. It's, it's going to be a lot tougher this year. Yeah, I see mid forties. I mean, that might see. I mean, that might be just enough to get a seventh seed, perhaps maybe the lowest. And I know that LeBron is good for a certain number of wins, but it, there is going to be 
an adjustment period there, and it's going to take some time. And I think that the rest of the players around him aren't necessarily proven. I mean, we're looking at uh, uh, possibly Tyreek Evans, JaVale McGee, uh, you know, Lance Stevenson. What are these guys that are really, you know, they can improve a team, they can help, but it's going to take some time for them to adjust, to figure it out. They're not going to change, you know, the Western Conference. They're not going to be able to lead these teams to, to lead the Lakers to a number of wins. It's going to be up to LeBron for now, and yeah. that's fine. Um, and, and look, we saw what LeBron could do when he was basically single-handedly carrying the team the way he did in Cleveland this past year. But I think that was, one, the Eastern Conference, and two, a team in which he was already comfortable. And you're kind of discounting what it was that Kevin Love was able to produce while he was with the Cavaliers as well. I'm a, I'm a little bit higher on this Lakers team as currently constructed as you are. And I okay. mean a little bit. I think this is a team that's going to win 50 games, like right right at almost even 50 games. Um, I, I, I'm banking on internal improvement from Lonzo Ball, uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram, a guy like Julius Randle, who you know I, I love Julius Randle's game. Uh, if Kyle you're able Kuzma, to resign Randle, yeah. If you're able to bring back Randle. And, I, and you know, from what we're hearing, again, we're recording this on a mon- late at Monday afternoon. Um, it does sound like that's where it's headed, but who knows by the time people are hearing this. Uh, but I love Randall's game, and if they don't bring back Randall, they'll have enough cap space to maybe go get, get a different, uh, a, a real contributor there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the internal growth. I think this team has more raw talent than that Cavaliers team did. That's I, fair. Has not a lot certainly of shooting, more though. untapped talent. What? Not a lot of shooting. And see, this is what I want to get to because there is this belief that LeBron needs shooting, right? And that's the best fit for him. And that's and, and I, I would and look based on the rosters that LeBron has been on. That's certainly true. Right. But LeBron talked at the at the end of the. NBA Finals, and when he was talking about his offseason and what, what kind of decision he's going to make and what could lead to that, he wanted to play with guys who think the game at a level that he thinks the game at. And that certainly was not the case in Cleveland. And I don't know that necessarily is the case in Los Angeles, but you look at a guy like Luke Walton, who is drawing generally positive reviews from his first year's coaching. You look at a guy like Lonzo Ball, who does think the game a step ahead. You just watch Lonzo for for a few games, and you could see immediately he think he is thinking the game a step ahead than everybody else. It's it's what makes him such a great passer and an impactful player, despite not having a a a, a jump shot at all. So, um, you know, maybe that's more of what he's looking at in addition to just in general moving and living in Los Angeles, um, which I think anybody would be excited about, um, especially after moving from Cleveland. No disrespect to Cleveland, but it's not Los Angeles. Um, I just. I don't buy that the fit is that bad. I think KCP is a 38% three-point shooter. He's a nice player to play along uh, with. Kyle Kuzma has some stretch four potential there. Um, you look at a guy like Brandon Ingram who can knock it down from anywhere on the floor. I, I And Julius Randle has some stretch five kind of potential cool. abilities. And I actually do think that the roster works. And you got add a guy like Lance Stevenson who's a nice perimeter defender. Can't really shoot it consistently, but a nice perimeter defender who... who is a guy that LeBron didn't necessarily have um, in Cleveland last year. I actually kind of like the fit, and I really like the potential fit with Lonzo Ball, and I know a lot of people don't like the fit and are even speculating to the point that LeBron signing there means that Lonzo's gone. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Now, maybe Lonzo can get thrown into a Kawhi Leonard trade here or there, but I actually really like the fit of Lonzo Ball and LeBron. Again, Lonzo thinks the game at a high level like a little LeBron, and we've seen... LeBron play with guys who can't shoot but think the game at a high level, most notably Dwayne Wade, who couldn't shoot from the perimeter but thought the game at such a high level that he adjusted. Now, Lonzo, you're asking a lot of adjustments for him as a sophomore, um, but I think he can do it, and I think that there's, 
you can you can use Lonzo in some screen and rolls and stuff and, and sort of neutralize the ability that he can't shoot. And I, I trust Luke Walton to get creative and do that. I actually love the fit of Lonzo Ball and LeBron. The more I thought about it, the more I liked it. I'm just not sure it's something that would work at this point. I, I know that LeBron's going to obviously need the ball in his hands a whole heck of a lot. That's just where he's most comfortable at this point. Lonzo as an off-ball option doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Can you um, get him to play thing. the Draymond Green role? As I'm weird sorry? as that sounds. Can you get Lonzo Ball to play the Draymond Green role? No, like where not you're, at this point. Yeah, like no, on I offense, where you're, I, get, I you're getting him to set screens and do no. I don't see it. I, I just don't think he's capable of it right now. He's still awfully raw. I, I just don't see him being that kind of functional cog in a LeBron-led offense and undoubtedly will be a LeBron-led offense. And that mitigates what he can do well, which is playing, like you said, a LeBron-like type role where he has the ball in his hands, where he's whipping passes to open shooters, uh, where he's finding cutters. He's going to be asked to do those things and playing off the ball, and I just don't see that he's capable of it. I don't think that that's what was required of him last year. I don't know that it's going to be something he's going to be capable of adjusting to in his first year, and that's where that growth, you know, adjustment takes place. And so, yeah. if we're going to see, if we're going to see it, it's going to take some time for it to develop. There's the hope that Lonzo can make that adjustment sooner rather than later. And that adjustment knows? you're talking about is what is is developing an a perimeter jumper or. Or just figuring out other ways to impact. Well, the game. like you said, like like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's okay, a perfect example. Kind of a guy who, yeah, a guy who was you know not necessarily known for being an excellent cutter off ball, but certainly became that when LeBron and the big three were in Miami. So I think that's something that you can hope for, and I think that's that's Lonzo's hope. He's got to look at that. You know, obviously Wade was a great ball handler, great playmaker before LeBron and even during LeBron, but he didn't have the ball in his hands, so he had to well, learn how to make that adjustment. What about this for an analog? You look at last year's Houston Rockets. Chris Paul, James Harden, not necessarily the best on-court fit, but they're both so smart and they have such high basketball IQs that they figure out a way for it to work. Except and, you're not going to get LeBron off the court. And you play dual point guards. Can yeah. LeBron and Lonzo sort of be those dual point guards? I, I again, I, this is look. I don't. This is a great thought exercise. I, I'm really actually excited to see Lon, Lonzo and LeBron take the for, uh, take the court together if it indeed happens. If Lonzo's still on the Lakers by then. Um, but I really do. I'm rooting for it because I'm really, I'm really fascinated by whether or not this will work. And then the other option, just like you did in Houston with Chris Paul and James Harden, you start games and you end games together. But in between the start and the in the the beginning rotation and the final rotation, maybe you're just you're staggering them, you know, the for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And that could be an option here where you end up just playing these guys like 15 minutes on the court together, 15 to 20 minutes on the court together, and the rest of their minutes. Are staggered. I mean, there there are ways to make it work. We haven't seen LeBron be willing to make that kind of adjustment. You know, he played more minutes than anybody else last year, so that's going to be a huge sacrifice on his part. Maybe one he's willing to make. Yeah, Obviously, by going to reason, Los Angeles, yeah. he's, it's a different it's a different mindset for him. It's not the same kind of priority on immediate winning that we've seen from him in the past. So maybe he wants something that's a little bit more relaxed. And again, if he can bring a championship to Los Angeles, I think that cements his legacy as mm. the best player of all time. And look. Mm. I wanted to comment on the West Coast relaxing comment you made, mm-hmm. and then you and then you mentioned the LeBron could be the goat in like mm-hmm. one year, mm-hmm. and now I'm a little <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna go with the West Coast. Look, people relax here on the West Coast. You don't have to work hard here at the West Coast. Look at the Warriors; they barely worked for their last two championships. They don't have to do it. It's fine. Just LeBron's on the West Coast. Some you know thirty five minutes, thirty to thirty. Three minutes a game, just take it easy, and then and then you can kick it into high gear in the playoffs. 
so that they, he can go on, win the championship, and then be considered the greatest all-time, way better than Michael Jordan ever was. Um, did I take that to the next logical step there? No, absolutely perfect transition. Okay. Nailed it. All right. Speaking of transitions, we'll talk about what this means for Kawhi Leonard next. But first, the offseason is officially underway with the LeBron domino falling, and things in the NBA can change every day now. That means you need a daily podcast to break down everything that's happening around the league. So subscribe to Locked On NBA, if you're not already, on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. LeBron didn't wait for the Lakers to trade for Kawhi to sign, but L.A. may still have the assets to get a deal done. Now, the Lakers could try to trade for him now or wait for next summer and try to sign Kawhi outright as a free agent. Uh, but, David, as we saw with Paul George, there's some risk in that approach. There's some reports about what L.A. is and is not willing to offer. Are they are they thinking about throwing Lonzo or Ingram into a trade or only one of them or none of them? Um, I've even seen reports that they're unwilling to put Kyle Kuzman into a deal, which would be weird. Um, but do you think that the Lakers should throw the kitchen sink at the Spurs to get Kawhi in the building right now? You know, I started to think that that was the case. Like, obviously, the report or the, the the dream scenario for the Lakers fans was that Paul George, Kawhi, and LeBron would all wind up on the same roster. Clearly, that didn't work out with Paul George choosing to stay in Oklahoma City. But now the more I think about what LeBron's overall goals might be, I don't know that there's any kind of rush to give up so much of the roster for a player like Kawhi. We saw this years ago when Carmelo Anthony was traded from Denver to the New York Knicks, and that cost the Knicks so much. You know, they were rebuilding perpetually for years. Even with Melo on the roster, they flirted with the playoffs. They weren't really a legitimate contender at any point in time during his tenure there. I don't know that you want to give up your young core in order to acquire a superstar like Kawhi Leonard. Like, obviously, Leonard is a far better player than than Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, or Lonzo Ball. Probably a better player than all three of them put together, although that might upset a lot of Lakers fans. I could care less. The reality is that... <laughs> I really don't. I, I, I like the the ridiculousness of somebody thinking that a, a 19-year-old 30% shooter from the floor is better than an all-star like Kawhi Leonard is absolutely ludicrous. Does that mean that Lonzo can't possibly be a very good player at some point? Absolutely he could. But right now he's not. But, you know, it, it depends on what you're looking for from the Lakers and from LeBron James. And if he wants to have like a much more organic, a slower process to get to that title eventually then why trade away all those players just to acquire Kawhi Leonard? And, you know, people are making the the comparison to what Paul George just did, thinking he was dead set on going to the Lakers. He resigns in Oklahoma City. Right. Weirdly, but that's what he decided to do. Um, why weirdly? Why weirdly? Why not want to stay in Oklahoma City? I mean, because you're you're from Los Angeles. Who cares? LeBron's going to Los Where Angeles, and I'm pretty sure Where? Paul George knew that. I know um, you're from South Florida. I know yes. you don't live in South Florida. Why did you choose to stay in, in California as opposed to South Florida? Because I went to California. I didn't go to Oklahoma. What's wrong with Oklahoma? Oklahoma's a fine place for It's fine. Like it's fine. It's fine. But if it was if it was between Oklahoma and back to Fort Lauderdale for me, I'm going back to Fort I'm going back to the beach, man. Like no no disrespect to Oklahoma, but come on. I don't like, know. It's not for everybody. He, you know, he, he likes. I guess. I, I guess he not. liked Indiana. I think he's got he's got himself a good creek right. to go fishing. I don't want to talk about Paul George. Um, <laughs> look, uh, he can never touch the ball when he's playing with Russell Westbrook. It's great. Um, <laughs> we're making that comparison to Paul George and the risk there, right? For Kawhi, for if you're the Lakers, the risk of waiting 
for Kawhi to enter free agency because you wonder, does another team poach him and then sure. do what the Thunder did to Paul George on selling him over the course of a season and, and have it backfire and not even getting your guy in the first place? But the other thing that we're not talking about here is that Kawhi might not even be healthy ever again. We have no idea mm. how he's bound. We don't even really know what the injury is. Ooh. And so that's the other risk that I feel like we've talked less about as as we sort of dip into the Excel spreadsheet world of the offseason. And, and so that's another big thing. And that's why if I'm the Lakers, yes, it would be worth, like you said, going and getting... If, if it took just trading one of these young guys for a bona fide MVP candidate like Kawhi, do it right now. But... That's not necessarily what Kawhi will be this this coming season, regardless of when he's a free agent. We just don't know how he's going to bounce back from that injury. So with that in mind, I think it's best for the Lakers to wait because, look, number one, LeBron signed on a three plus one. He's he's sort of somewhat committed to you for four years, at least three years, right? right. And so that to me, and by the way, not something he ever did for Dan Gilbert in Cleveland, that to me signals that we've got a couple of years here to really figure this thing out. And and there really is no there's no risk in waiting if you're the Lakers. I mean, at the very least, you are going to be way better, way more exciting than you were last year. There was a lot of people who love that Lakers young core who really watched those Lakers games and said, between Lonzo Ingram and Kuzma, you've got a nice trio of young players there, Angelius Randall. You've got a nice group of young players there who you could build on with or without LeBron, with or without Paul George. Mm-hmm. So Go into next season, see how these players sort of mold around LeBron and, and adjust, like we were talking about at the top of the show, adjust and, and sort of manufacture their games around LeBron and see basically what sticks. And if there's a guy who, and if Lonzo, look, I'm high on the Lonzo-LeBron pairing, you're not. If, if it doesn't work out, you could trade Lonzo. But let's let's at least see what happens here first, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you go from there. I think that they should wait. And then... In the summer of 2019, you could sign Kawhi outright, add him to a group of Lonzo and Ingram. You don't have to trade one of those guys. Or uh, if if Kawhi decides to go somewhere else or stay in San Antonio and they work it out there, you still got guys like Jimmy Butler and Kemba Walker who could be available. Clay Thompson's going to be a free agent. Kyrie Irving's going to be a free agent, though I doubt he wants to go to Los Angeles to play with LeBron. But you're going to have guys who could be available that aren't Kawhi. And so I think it makes sense for the Lakers to wait. All right, I agree. Um, all right, let's catch up on some of the other free agent news next. But first, in addition to the daily Locked On NBA show, the Locked On Podcast Network has a daily show for your favorite NBA team. So go to iTunes, your favorite podcasting app, and search for your team, say, for example, the Miami Heat, and then subscribe to Locked On Heat, the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. The Athletics' Jason Lloyd is reporting today that the Cavs could be open to trading Kevin Love. Now, obviously, on the heels of losing LeBron, the Cavs have a lot of decisions to make after LeBron made his. Mostly, do you continue trying to win in the East? Because LeBron is no longer on the Cavs, but he's also no longer in the East. So in many ways, it's wide open now. And Cleveland has an all-star player in Kevin Love. They're coming off of the finals now. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Cavaliers are good to go and ready to compete in the Eastern Conference. But they have a decision whether or not they try to build on what they have already or do they just try to tear this thing down and rebuild completely. And and Kevin Love's name could be involved in either in either scenario. So, David, should the Cavs start aggressively selling Kevin Love? Should he be on the trade block? I think they should trade him. I don't think they have to be aggressive about it, to be honest with you. I think they can bide their time 
knowing that this is the roster that they're going to have next year. And that's fine. Look, they're going to pay a lot of money. They're going to overpay a number of players, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Corver, et cetera. I mean, there are a number of players there that are going to get paid. J.R. Smith, of course, that are going to get paid way too much. And they're going to have nearly as well a fit without LeBron there to kind of keep everything together. And that's fine. Look, you can let uh, you can let Kevin put up his numbers. They're going to be pretty gaudy, I imagine. Probably not at the same level they were in Minnesota, but he's going to get his touches. He's going to get his points, and that's fine. Increasing the value, uh, you know, perhaps making him a more enticing asset, and then for a potential also ran in the Western Conference or in the East, maybe you can sweeten the pot then and make an acquisition of Kevin Love later on in the season, perhaps around the trade deadline. And I think that's a better thing for, for Cleveland to do. Um, I, I just don't know what the, their long-term goals might be. Um, they're probably going to start the rebuilding process, but you're not going to be able to do that right away with all those overpriced contracts on the roster. So try to get the most you can for the assets you have. I think Kevin Love's value increases over the course of the season rather than decreases. Mm. So I wouldn't necessarily make that push right away. Maybe trade him like close to the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. When you start talking about that. That's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Where you center him in the offense and and run the, run the offense through him, and his stats are going to increase, and obviously his trade value would go with it. Um, I think that yeah, I'm I'm with you. Put him on the trade block. Be willing to take phone calls, but I I don't I I just don't see what the trade is. If you're if you're Cleveland, you're probably trying to get off of a bunch of salary in moving mm-hmm. Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got twenty five million dollars a year for this year and the and the next year. So maybe you're trying to get off of that. Maybe attach another salary to him, like a, I don't know, like a like a um, a J.R. Smith or something like that, where you can. I've seen reports of Oklahoma City moving Carmelo for him. That's a, a you know obviously Melo's contract comes off the books at the end of the next season. So and if you're um, Cleveland trying to get back into the mix for next next year's free agency would be correct. the goal, I guess. Okay. Yeah, and then Oklahoma City improves their chances of being a contender this year. They've already got Paul George back. Kevin Love is a much more functional piece than Carmelo Anthony, and that makes a lot of sense. And not a guy who needs to be a primary star, so he can play alongside George and, and, and Russell Westbrook. So that, that would if be you a can, good fit, I think. I mean, if you could get him and the guy like Terrence Ferguson, who the Thunder drafted last year, like Melo and Terrence Ferguson for Kevin Love, I'd have to think about it. If you're the Cavs, and because you're getting off of some money potentially there, and then getting one extra young piece, which they just don't really have a whole lot of. Right. Um, the other option, I mean, Kevin Love and the Portland Trailblazers—they've been connected a while. Do you, if you're Cleveland, do you? I don't know. I I honestly don't know who would who would say yes to this, but Kevin Love plus Colin Sexton, who they just drafted at eight, for C.J. McCollum. Like, if you're if you're Portland, do you get a defensive-minded? guard to pair with Damian Lillard, which is right now their problem in that backcourt is that none of them play defense, and then add Kevin Love, who they've always been connected to, and then if you're Cleveland, do you look at a guy like C.J. McCollum as somebody you could potentially build around? Oof. I don't know. I don't it's know a, that McCollum's it, up to that level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, but I, I kind of feel like it's just shy of being really enticing for either team. Yeah. It makes sense on some levels, but it's also just shy of, of being the kind of deal where you go, huh, I'd love to see that happen. I mean, Kevin Love's from Oregon, so it makes sense for him to go back to Portland. So I, I just don't see that yeah. move making sense. Well, on the heels of LeBron going to L.A., the other team that he – didn't have a meeting with, but sort of had a meeting with, was the 76ers, who Brian Windhorst has since basically said on, on, on Zach Lowe's podcast that it was basically a courtesy meeting uh, when, when it was his representatives with the Sixers, but the Sixers didn't get LeBron, so they opt to move on with their offseason. They re-sign J.J. Redick on a one-year deal worth between 12 and $13 million. 
Uh, good move for the 76ers. Yes. Oh, quick question before we launch into that. Who picked up? The, who picked up the tab? Is this like LeBron's agents trying to get a free meal out of 76ers ownership? I don't even know who was in the meeting. Like, was it? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, was it even Matt? Was Maverick Carter for even Rich Paul? I mean, yeah. I think like sports so. interns. Like, who was there? Like, who did they? Was there even a tab? Like, what? What was it? McDonald's? Like, what was it? <laughs> Yeah, was it such a quick, you know, cursory just, meeting? You know, it's it like, a, oh, like he's going to L.A., guys. I'm just here for the free sushi. I mean, I'm what just, do you do? I mean, at that I'm point? here for Wawa. I've heard nothing but good things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> as far as Redick, the 76ers is concerned, obviously a great fit for them. You know, I'll, you know, he provides a lot offensively. He's a guy that's still going to be exploited defensively. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's a, a questionable fit in some ways, but also a very good one because of his you know his long range shooting and what he provides there. But we saw in the playoffs against the Celtics that he can be exploited. But they lose Marco Bellinelli to free agency, who resigns with San Antonio. You need to bring back at least one quality mm-hmm. shooter there to complement Ben Simmons, who is not. Um, and, and so it makes a lot of sense there. And it makes a lot of sense for Redick, who is quietly on the LeBron James diet right now of just one year deals. Uh, with his team, Makes just sense. testing free agency every year. It's not bad. Look, he made twenty-two million dollars on a one-year deal last year. He's making twelve to thirteen million this year on a one-year deal. He'll go back into free agency next year. He should probably sign a one-year deal then, and then get back into the big free agency of twenty nineteen. Because Redick is a guy whose game is going to age well, and it's a it's a skill that everybody needs, which is three-point shooting. And right. you, we've heard nothing. You know, you and I being covering teams, being around. You, you're nothing about uh, uh, Redick other than he's a great locker room presence. So people like him. And he's a good podcaster. So shout out to podcasters making that money. Um, Dwight Howard has a decision to make. Washington, Ooh. Golden State, as we're New recording Orleans. this, As we're recording this, Nerland Noel agreed to a, year, uh, a deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So oh. uh, maybe they don't need uh, Kevin Love as much as we had thought. No, I think that means they definitely need Kevin Love even more now. <laughs> Nerlens Noel. We don't know if he's good or not, or if he's even like able to play basketball. We haven't seen it. Um, but Nerlens Noel, I think, is doing those workouts in the, on the Victor Oladipo no pancakes plan um, in Miami right now. Mm. So Dwight Howard not going to be an option for the Thunder. It looks like. Um, what? Where is the good, the best fit for him? Because the Wizards could use a center. They've traded Marcin Gortat for Austin Rivers. The Warriors are obviously in the market for a center, having lost Javale McGee to the Lakers. Um, Always looking, I think, for an intriguing uh, player at that position who you can get at the cheap. If you can get a guy like Dwight Howard at the minimum who will eventually agree to this buyout with the Brooklyn Nets or New Orleans. I mean, depending on what happens with DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard could be in play there. Um, the best fit think? for him? Uh, the Chinese Basketball League. Um, I, I'm, I'm done trying to think that Howard can be a functional player in the NBA at this point. I don't know that I'd go so far as to label him a, a locker room cancer because I think that's a disastrous bit of terminology there. But he's not the kind of player that you can build around. He's he's not necessarily he's gonna he, he doesn't take things seriously enough. That's the report. It's been the report on him for years. As much as the Warriors keep things loose, and I know that that Javale McGee had that reputation of being somewhat of a malcontent. Nick Nick Young had somewhat of that same reputation. I don't know that Howard is a guy committed to winning at this point. He's still a functional basketball player, without a doubt. He was good, um, and that's great. He was good in Charlotte last year. Um, he was fine in Atlanta the year before that, uh, and, and he wasn't necessarily a problem in Houston from a on the court situation. But 
I just don't know that you want him in that locker room if you're a legitimate playoff contender. So would a fringe team be willing to add him? Is a Sacramento maybe a Phoenix who could look for him to mentor DeAndre Ayton? They already have Tyson Chandler on the roster oh for that purpose. We don't I, need I Dwight just, Howard mentoring DeAndre Ayton, but you're right. right. Maybe Phoenix is dumb enough to do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think of any. I'm with you. Teams. I think China is a good move. I, I, think, I think it is. He makes I, a lot just of money. Be, he puts up a lot of be, points. And you, and you can kind of sell it by saying, oh, I'm going to go branch out into international markets and make it. And look, he'd probably make a, a ton of money doing that. Absolutely. Just as far as uh, uh, the celebrity that he could build in, uh, overseas. Uh, but as far as domestic uh, NBA teams, uh, of the group, Look, I don't want the Warriors to do it. I just, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Um, but the Wizards make sense to me. If you can get him at the minimum, it makes sense to me. I mean, you're mm-hmm. desperate at this point. It doesn't look like you're going to get DeMarcus Cousins. Um, you missed that out locker room has Jordan. been such a problem, though. I mean, with John Wall and Bradley Beal yeah, already at each other's throats. Oh, you just why. want the drama. I want the drama. Look, I don't want, I don't want the drama here in Oakland. I don't want that. But I would love for that drama to be over there on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. Why not? There's plenty of drama in the Capitol right now. Throw Dwight Howard to the mix. What's the difference? <laughs> Absolute chaos. Um, like Suns wave big man Alan Williams. I think that's a good place to end the podcast. Hmm. Saves Phoenix about $5.5 million. Any thoughts on Alan Williams? Good rebounder? None, what, none whatsoever. Right. Makes, makes room for uh, Dwight Howard to mentor DeAndre Ayton. There you All go. Right. <laughs> well, that's all we have for today. You can subscribe to Locked on NBA on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We'll be back next Tuesday. You can find us on Locked on Heat. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.